بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته إخوتي إن شاء الله this is our first of our uh, many sessions that we'd like to have إن شاء الله the tafsir of the Quran to try to draw people back to Allah سبحانه وتعالى's book number one number two to encourage you all to become a lot more righteous and pious by taking the knowledge and the message of the Quran number three for you to become better teachers uh, for you to help your children uh, to learn and to explain to them the Quran a lot more and for you to get number four to get a lot more interested in the meanings of the book of Allah and about what it means and about how this has a deep impact in our lives and, and lessons for our lives inshallah this will be a short session of only about 30 to 35 minutes and we will run every single week if Allah wills if we're not here in in uh, uh, in presence uh, it will happen uh, on a live link, inshallah. But either way, it will continue being from now on, if Allah wills. We'd like to start off with uh, a surah that I uh, that I saw grade five reciting, which is called Surah Sad. And the reason why I started off with this surah is because the surah mentions nine prophets of God, uh, and it mentions the lessons from the stories of nine prophets of God. And Subhanallah, as you know, Allah has sent these prophets as examples for us. So whatever happened to their life were particular examples that we must draw lessons from. Whether it be their tawbah, their repentance, their ibadah, whether we're looking for a role model, then there is no better role model to follow than the prophets of God, right? And so as a result, this surah contains huge lessons for every single person wanting to find out the best of examples to follow in order to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nine prophets of God are mentioned here. In this surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed the lessons about Dawood and lessons from the life of Sulaiman in particular in greater detail than anywhere else. And it's for this reason why the surah uh, and, and from their lives in, in particular. And it's particularly important for us as teachers in this school because we are trying to make our children like Sulaiman and Dawood who had the best of both worlds, right? There were kings on this earth and then they were honored in the Akhirah. Isn't this what we're trying to do? We're trying to make them kings of this dunya. We're trying to make them kings of the Akhirah, correct? And to do that, let's take the lesson from those people who, were, who definitely were from those people that had the best of examples for us to follow. And that's why for our teachers in particular, this, this is a story and this is a surah that you must understand. And you must understand its lessons because of the detail in which in this surah Allah explains the life of Dawood and Sulaiman or specific incidences that made them great. This surah was revealed according to the scholars of Tafsir round about the 10th year or the 11th year of the prophethood of the Prophet So it's a Makki surah and was still whilst Abu Talib was alive and was revealed at a time when Abu Talib was getting sick. So when he was getting sick, the Quraysh started saying, hey listen, we better start putting a lot more pressure on Muhammad Wasallam." Because if we don't do so, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be thought that, you know what, oh, you guys didn't do anything when Abu Talib was alive, now that he's passed away, now you guys are cowards, now look, now you're putting pressure. So they started to put a lot of pressure on Muhammad Wasallam, and they only started to do that because they saw Abu, Abu, Abu Talib getting sick and sick, and he, he would pass away soon after. So this surah was revealed at that time when they came to Rasulullah and they had all types of doubts that they started to spread and all types of fitna that they started to spread. In fact, in Tabaqat al-Sa'ad, 
in the story of the seer of the Prophet And if you want to know the seer, you must understand seerah very well. In Tabaqat al-Sa'ad is reported that in the 10th year of Hijrah, um, Abu Jahl uh, uh, got all the people together of the, uh, of the leaders of Quraysh and they went to visit uh, Abu Talib. They all got together, Abu Talib is very sick now, he's in bed and he's lying there, he's not going to pass away soon. So he's there and he said, Ya Abu Talib, we've had enough, now we're going to start a lot of pressure on your, on your son, because that's how you call your grandson, you call him son. Stop him now before we, uh, before we do anything very, very bad. So Abu Talib called for Rasulullah to come. The Prophet came and he said, what is it, oh uncle, what do you want? So his uncle said, oh uncle, oh, oh, my, uh, oh my nephew, can you see that people have all gathered, they have really had enough, this has been years. And you know at that time, which was in the 10th and 11th year of Hijrah, what was going on was that every single year, every single day now, someone was accepting Islam. You know, it was before it was like a weekly or a monthly occurrence, right? Now, everyone was accepting. Why? Because, can't you see, Umar had accepted. And because Hamza had accepted. Can you imagine who, the, who are people going to follow? An old man like Abu Lahab? Or are they going to follow a young man who's energetic, passionate like Umar and Hamza, who are the leaders, the Fadis, the Fursan, the, the knights of the, of, uh, of the Quraysh, right? Who would they rather follow? And so when they started doing that, also, the best or the most attractive of the people. Like, can you imagine the Prophet had the best people? He had Abu Bakr, Umar, who were the most richest people and the most strongest of people. He had Musa ibn Amir, the most handsome boy out of all. So the girls were attracted. Yeah, He had anyone that you could think of that was wealthy. Like, for example, uh, uh, he had... Uh, uh, Uthman who had so much wealth. Yeah, he had he had fallen. So business people, the strong people, the beautiful people were with him. Yes, not only were sixty-five poor people, but also the most beautiful and the and the people, the ones that people looked up to were also with Rasulullah. So people were accepting Islam almost on a daily thing. And so that's when the Quraysh started to get together. So what did the Prophet say? He said, Oh, listen to what he said. He said, Oh people of Quraysh, tell me one sentence by which I promise you, you will conquer all of Arabia and all the non-Arabs will bow their heads to you. One sentence by which, right? Only one sentence by which all of Arabia would be under your control. And not just that, but the whole world will submit to your command, O Quraysh. They were bewildered. They said, oh, just don't tell us what this sentence is. We will say 10 sentences if you wish in order to achieve this. They said, it's called La ilaha illallah. La ilaha illallah, that's it. And so they wouldn't submit. As you know, their arrogance and the haughtiness and proud, they got up and they told each other, stay upon this path, do not leave. This is something which Allah has already decreed or this is something preordained. You should stay upon the path of religion of your forefathers, don't leave it. And then of course they started to spread rumors about Rasulullah At that point, Allah warned these people, told them that, they have yet to taste the punishment, just as the punishment had reached those people before them. And here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells Rasulullah don't be worried about what they say about you, for indeed those better than you, or before you, not better than you, but before you, which is the prophets of God, were also accused of many things. In particular, Allah starts off with the story of Da'ud and then goes on to the story of Sulaiman, others and others and others. Just to show the lesson for the Prophet So Allah gives the example of nine of the Prophets and the lessons from their life. Finally, he ends this surah 
by talking about the story of Iblis and Adam. Why? Because it was Iblis who had jealousy over Adam and said, how dare Adam gets chosen above me? In the same way, the Quraysh, they didn't want to listen to Muhammad Sallallahu Ultimately, ultimately, why? Because, you know what? Why him, not me? Why was he chosen, not me? And Abdullah ibn Salul, same thing. Why should I give up kingship to him, not me? Yeah? So it was jealousy, really. It was jealousy of the fact that the Prophet had come with it. How dare he? We are more noble than him. We should come with a message like that. So they stopped them. And as a result, Allah has promised them that if they do not listen, they will have the same fate as Shaitan, the accursed devil. And this is the Surah As-Sal. Let's take the Surah, inshallah, what Allah says. It's very powerful. Listen to what it says. Saad. What does the word Saad mean? The scholars have 15 meanings regarding it. The strongest meaning of them, Allah Ta'ala is that it is the Qur'an. Because after every one of these names, Alif, Lam, Meem, Thalik, Al-Kitab, Kaf, Ha, Ya, Ayn, Saad, then Allah goes back to Dhikru, Rahmati, Rabbika, Abdahu, Zakariya, Ayf, Al-Kitab, then Yaseen, Wal-Qur'an, Al-Hakim, Saad, Wal-Qur'an, Al-Dhikr. Right? So it goes back to the Qur'an. Meaning, therefore, all of these are either names of the Qur'an or refer to the verses that are already in the Qur'an. Right? And this is the opinion of Ibn Kathir rahimahullah ta'ala. So therefore Yasin is not the name of Rasulullah as some people say. It's actually the name of the Quran. Allah ta'ala alam. Allah knows best. Saad wal Qur'ani dhikr. And I swear by the Quran, the possessor of the remembrance for all believers to take note. Quran, the possessor of remembrance. The one that embodies the remembrance and dhikr for all believers to take, to take note and pay attention. Baliladina kafar bal rather they Aladina those who kafar those who disbelieved fi izzatin they are in haughtiness so they are proud washiqaq but in disarray. It's like you know we're proud, but then when you get together, then you know they try to get together, they can't, they are in disarray. They are proud but about something who knows what that is. Proud about what they don't even know. And proud and haughty when they try to get together, they are in disarray and disagreement with each other. Rather, those who disbelieved are haughty and proud and they are in disagreement. How many have we destroyed before them? From people and from tribes and from, uh, and, and from uh, cities. And they called out, meaning they called out for help. Walat meaning it, and it had ended. What had ended? Heen, the time of manas, of escape. So, fanadaw, they called out, wala tahina manas, but the time of escape had ended already. Meaning, when the punishment of Allah had come, there was no way for them to escape. Wajibu, and they are surprised, anja'ahum, that there has come to them, mundirun, a warner, minhum, from themselves. وَقَالَ الْكَافِرُونَ And the disbelievers, they have said, هَذَا سَاحِرٌ كَذَّابٌ This is a magician, a liar. So they called him magician, they called him a liar. أَجْعَلَ الْآلِهَةَ إِلَاهًا وَاحِدًا And this is what Abu Jahl said. لَا إِلَهِ إِلَّا اللَّهِ Is that what you want us to say? Has he made all our gods into one god? أَجْعَلَ الْآلِهَةَ Has he made all the gods إِلَاهًا وَاحِدًا into one ilah, one God. Verily, this is something which is ujab, very strange, very surprising. How can it be? How can they be? That's not possible. There must be multiple gods. 
So he, he himself logically cannot fathom that. So they all got out, meaning now Allah is referring to that gathering that they had in the house. So they all said, let's go, get out all of you. So the, the mala, the group amongst them, they escaped, they, they left the house, they got out. One talaqa, meaning they left the house, al-mala, the group of people, min home from them. Animshu wasbiru, go out guys, leave this place and be patient, meaning be patient upon what? Wasbiru ala alihatikum and be patient in the worship of your gods. Meaning as they were all leaving, look at how Allah is describing in such a pictorial way that they all got together in groups to leave in groups and they said to each other, guys, leave this guy, man, and be firm upon your religion. This is the right way. Be firm upon idolatry. Okay? Wasbiru ala alihatikum. Inna hada la shay'un yurad. Inna hada, verily, this is something yurad. This is something decreed. That you should contain and stay upon your religion of your forefathers, something which is decreed. This is what they said. Ma sami'na bihada fil millatil akhirah. Ma sami'na. We have not heard bihada with this statement of La ilaha illa fil millatil akhirah in the religion of our forefathers. In hada, verily, the statement of La ilaha illa illaqtilak is a fabricated lie. Is a fabricated lie. It's a it's a it's a distorted fact. Yeah, it's a distorted fact. And why would Allah choose choose him? Unzil has the as the revelation come down to someone amongst us. Is it that Allah has chosen him rather than us? What makes him better than us? We have more wealth. We have more money. We have more. And Subhanallah, his wife is older than us. We have more wives than him. We have more wealth than him. He's an orphan. We weren't orphans. You know what I'm trying to say? So this is the arrogance. What made Allah chose him rather than choose us? You know when people are blind to something, they are really blind. They couldn't even see the akhlaq of the Prophet that was higher than him. Any, any Tom, Dick and Harry would say, why would Allah choose Abu Jahl when you are arrogant, haughty, proud? Allah would choose someone who is noble, kind and soft-hearted. He wouldn't choose someone like you. But they were so haughty and proud they couldn't, they couldn't see this. أُنزِلْ عَلَيْهِ الذِّكْرُ مِنْ بَيْنِنَا has the revelation come upon him from amongst us instead of us? Rather they are upon a doubt from my remembrance. They have rather they have yet to taste my punishment, Allah says. They have yet to, yet to taste my adab and my severe punishment. Am indahum khaza inu rahmati rabbikal aziz al wahab. Am indahum. Am is there indahum with them. Khazainu Rahmati Rabbik, the treasures of your Lord. Khazain are like the uh, are like the banks, right? Or the vaults. The vaults of the treasures of your Lord. Al Aziz, the honored, Al Wahhab, the one who provides. What's Allah saying here? The scholars of the said that here Allah is talking about Nubuwa, prophethood. Whoever Allah choose, chooses, Allah gives him Izza and Allah bestows upon him a huge wealth and, and king, kingship in this dunya and the akhirah, right? Allah gives him people, Allah gives him the book, Allah gives him honor in this dunya and the akhirah, right? That's the wahhab, right? And al-izzah is the honor, right? Because al-izzah quli al-izzah lillahi wa li rasulihi wa li mu'mineen wa lakin al-munafiqeen la yafqa'oon The izzah belongs to Allah and to the believers and to the prophets and to the believers. So what Allah is saying here is do they have the, the power of the wealth of Allah so that they can choose it for themselves. Rather, it's Allah possesses it 
and he will bestow izzah and he will bestow profit on whoever he wills. Do they have the, the keys to the vaults of the treasures of Allah, the honored, the, the one who provides? And that's why the scholars of Tafsir mentioned this is one of the most powerful du'as and the names of Allah you can call out upon. Al-Aziz Al-Wahhab. Oh Allah, the, own, the owner of Izzah, the owner, the one who bestows his Izzah upon others. If you're finding in your life, that you are being disgraced, that you are being hurt, that everyone around you seems to misunderstand you. If you're finding that somehow things are not going right, somehow things are crashing down upon you, mom's angry, husband's angry, spouses are not happy, children not listening, because Allah hasn't bestowed honor on you. He's disposed some sort of disgrace because of you having done something to anger Allah. So ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala al-Aziz, al-Wahhab, to bestow honor and to bestow uh, his grace upon you, Akhi. And you will find everything falling in, in, in line. Sufyan al-Thawri, rahimallah, he said, I used to find the effect of my sin in the way my donkey behaves with me. And this is uh, his donkey. Meaning when, when he knew he sinned, he would find that the people around him would be rude. And that's why Umar anhu used to say that every single time my wife misbehaved with me, I would give sadaqah. <laughs> Why? He said, because my wife misbehaved because I sinned with Allah. My wife would never misbehave if I did not sin with Allah. Ya salam. Because why would they? Allah would, you know what I'm trying to say? Because Allah decreases your level. That's why. If we are finding, for example, the parents of the school unhappy with us, ikhwati, it must be because we have sinned. So let's strengthen our relationship with Allah. Azzawajal. We will find people speaking highly of us. Allah will bestow honor upon us in this dunya and the akhirah. And that's why, you know, people who Allah truly bestows honor, even the enemies speak highly of them. They used to say about bin Baz, rahimahullah, that even his enemies spoke highly of him. Yeah? And this can only happen if Allah bestows izzah. Al-Aziz, Al-Wahhab. Am lahum mulku samawati wal ard. Or do they have the dominion or the wealth of the samawati wal ard, the heavens and the earth? وَمَا بَيْنَهُمَا And that which is in between. فَلْيَرْتَقُوا فِي الْأَسْبَابِ Then let them ascend the heights. So one of the signs of ascendancy is actually physical ascendancy. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells them that you are either higher and mighty because you have more ability or because you have the keys to the, to the wealth of Allah azawajal. But you don't have that nor do you have the ability to ascend the heights. So you are not of those people who Allah has chosen for this. fil asbab. Then let them show us. Then go up in the heights, in the highest of the mountains and see if you can climb it. Jundum. Now Allah says something which is a miracle. This next verse is a miracle. What is the miracle in this verse? Here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that a group amongst them, the Prophet he tells the Prophet that remember this was revealed in the 10th year of the prophethood, right? Three years before Hijrah. Here Allah is predicting the battle of Badr. So what does he say? A group amongst them will be destroyed very soon and they are from the Ahzab. Right? An army amongst them Mahzumun, they will be destroyed, meaning routed. Minal yeah? Ahzab, they are from the Ahzab. The scholars of Tafsir said, Qala ibn Abbas, this is Allah predicting the battle of Badr. 
that a group amongst them. How many of the Sanadid al Quraysh passed away in the Battle of Badr? Over 30 of them. 30 of the leaders of Quraysh will be killed. At the Battle of Badr, Allah has predicted this and said that this will happen. And this is why when an Arab reads these verses, he cannot understand them without tafsir. Nor can you understand this if you just read the translation of the Quran. This can only come from tafsir of the Quran. So make sure you read the tafsir of the Quran when you read it, inshallah. Especially when you're teaching it. Especially the Arabic teachers and the Quran teachers. You must read the tafsir of the verses that you are teaching people, otherwise you will not really understand. And then the children will not understand what they are saying. And before them there lied The people of Nuh And the people of Ad The people of Fir'aun The possessor of Autad which is stakes What does that mean? So Allah says there lied before them The people of Nuh We know who they are People of Ad We know who they are as well yeah? And Wa Fir'aun, we know who Fir'aun is. Dhul Autad, the possessor of stakes. What does stakes mean? The scholars of Tafsir said Dhul Autad over here, the possessor of stakes, means three things. Either that it's a metaphorical meaning, because Autad comes from the stake which is in the ground, as if he had firm authority in the land. Yes, because he's a king of the land. Or because that when Fir'aun and his army used to put up tents, their autad, the stakes on the ground were used to go very deep in the ground and used to be very high. And they used to have four or five stakes. Or the third meaning are the pyramids. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about the pyramids because they are firm like mountains, massive big mountains that had huge under underneath the ground. Yeah? So they had huge stakes under the ground and then towering as high as a mountain above. Wallahu ta'ala what the meaning of this word is. But these are the three three meanings the scholars have said. Wa Thamud, and remember Thamud. Wa Qawmu Lut, and the people of Lut. Wa Ashabul Aika, and the people of Aika. Who are the people of Aika? People of Aika were the people of Shu'aib, which is Madain. So Madain, a group amongst them, they used to worship a tree called Aika tree. And they were called Ashabul Aika because they worshipped the tree called Aika. Where did they live? They lived in the northwest of Saudi Arabia, near near, near uh, I believe it's Jizan or, or is it near Tabuk uh, uh, near Hafuf near Hafuf in the top so northwest northwest so this is towards the Syrian border yeah towards the, towards the border and that's why Ahli Median were from Philistine all the way down to some parts of, of Arabia as well Saudi Arabia now as well it's called Ahli Median and Ahli Median Ashabul Aika is where Musa, Musa ran away to so they were the people of Shu'aib and Musa ran away to the people of Aikar, running away from Fir'aun. Remember when he had killed somebody and he had run away? So that was the people of Ashab al-Aika. And they were called Ashab, why were they evil? They were evil because they disbelieved in Shu'aib, the people of Shu'aib and others. So when we go through the nine prophets, I will mention some of the stories for you all, inshallah. Ula'ika al-Ahzab, they are the confederates. In kullun illa kathaba rusula fahaqqa verily all of them. They had disbelieved in their messengers for haqqa, so it has become obligatory iqab, their punishment. وَمَا يَنْظُرُهَا أُولَىٰ And they did not wait except إِلَّا صَيْحَةً وَاحِدًا One scream. مَا لَهَا مِنْ فَوَاقٍ Not a single second did it delay from the time that was appointed for it. مَا لَهَا مِنْ فَوَاقٍ Not a single second delay. Meaning it's appointed, done, boom, done. Subhanallah. 
وَقَالُوا And they said, what did they say? And look at this. This is what Abu Jahl said, which Allah quotes here. Allah quotes Abu Jahl saying the same thing that those people before said. What did they say? وَقَالُوا رَبَّنَا O our Lord, عَجِّلْ لَنَا Hurry up. عَجِّلْ is to hurry. Hurry up. لَنَا قِطَّنَا Our peace. قَبَلَ يَوْمِ الْحِسَابِ Our peace of punishment before the day of judgment. Subhanallah. This is the arrogance. Oh Allah, you're going to punish us? Do it now. Ha, come on. A'udhu Billah. Can you imagine that? So can somebody tell me why does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not answer their, their dua for punishment at that point? Why does Allah leave them for later? Why? Why doesn't? I mean, if one of us, our children said that, what? You're going to do it? Do it. Come on, do it. Muhammad, do it. If someone taunted us, we would just... I know if Yusuf did that to me, he's like, man, he'd just... He'd get it from me, right? Why does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with his izzah and honor not do this? You know why? The answer is because he is called Al-Halim. Do you know the name called Al-Halim? Okay, the word Al-Halim is the possessor of hulm. Okay, and that's why the Arabs say, Inna Allah, Inna Allah, what, does, what did the Arabs say? Yumhil, wala yuhmil. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yumhil. But he does not do ihmal. So hulm means that Allah has hulm, but he doesn't have ihmal. What does that mean? Meaning Allah is like he has patience. But a patience from enacting his destruction on people. So he has hulm. The only thing saving us today now is Allah's mercy and his hulm with us. Because he is not forgetful. He doesn't forget about what we have done. Or hasn't overlooked what we have done. He's written everything down. But he has hulm, meaning he has mercy, he has kindness, gentleness, softness, and he overlooks until an appointed time. So it is hulm, and that's why ya halim. That's why in the dua that you make to Allah, when you ask Allah for forgiveness, one of the names to call upon is ya halim. Oh, the one who has hulm, forgive my sins. You are patient over my sins, forgive it, O oh Allah. Forgive my sins, forgive me from, from the adab al-qabr, adab al-jahannam. Okay, that's why the name al-halim is very important. Especially when you have difficulty in your life. If you have some adab coming to you now, some physical ailment or some difficulty in your life, ask Allah by the name al-halim. Because Allah, that means, O oh Allah, overlook your punishment that you have drawn upon me. O oh Allah, remove this. Because though I have earned it, don't put it on me now, Ya Rabb, forgive it, O oh Allah. So Al-Halim is a very important name. Does that make sense, everyone? Naam. So, what is the time now? Ikhwati, shall we just stop here, inshallah? Yeah, we'll take on only one page, inshallah. And I hope that in the next uh, week, we'll take the next page. And the next page is a story of uh, the Prophet Dawood, very amazing story and beautiful story of what happened to Dawood because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about the story of Dawood inshallah ta'ala so we'll take it till next time inshallah jazakumullah khair wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin